Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. It's great to be with you this morning. And uh, as Heather said, we are back from leave, uh, three weeks of leave. Um, If you are like me, it doesn't quite feel like it's the beginning of the year. It feels like it's the end of the year at the beginning of the year. Um, So I I really pray that God will put something into our hearts this morning as I begin to share what I feel like God has on on my heart for you, you, on his heart for you. And um, it's a tough time. Nobody can deny that. Nobody is exempt from it. Um, Everybody is going through something. And friends, what I want to do this morning is I want to remind us of four great truths that will help us in this season. Next week, I have some more vision for us, what I kind of feel like God's got for us. We met as an eldership team yesterday and just trying to talk through what God has and trying to put things together, line things up. And uh, I'm going to start sharing that next week. But but what I want to do today is I want to get us out of feeling like we're at the end of a year, back into feeling like we're into a middle to in the beginning of a year with expectation, with hope, knowing that this is not going to be the rest of our, for the rest of our lives, the season that we're going through. What we're going through now is a period. It might be a longer than shorter period than we expected, but it's not going to be forever. So let's, let's, let's adapt quickly. Let's be people that are resilient. Let's be flexible. Let's, let's, allow, let's keep our, our, our well-known disciplines of the faith still moving in different formats and different forms so that we can come out of this as strong as possible. It has been with great uh, sorrow that we've, we've had friends die. We've had uh, uh, somebody's parent passed away, two people's parents passed away over this time, one from COVID, one, uh, one not from COVID. And we are just, our hearts are broken for them. We are grieving with them. We are praying for, their, uh, for them and our lovers with all the families that have lost anybody at this time. And uh, just, I just want to say that up front. This is, a, this is a real moment. This is a moment of getting around each other and trusting God for what he has for us. So what I want to do this morning is I want to lift your heads. I want to lift your heads and I want to lift your hearts. Because, friends, at this time it is so easy to, be, to get caught up with the, the negativity, with the bad news, and for our hearts to drop and for our heads to drop and for us to lose Something of what God put in us towards the end of last year. There was a kind of a a sense of a strengthening starting to come. And kind of some people have actually moved away from that and are are really feeling weak. Are really feeling like, man, what are we doing? How are we going to get through this? All those sorts of things. I want to remind you today that we are part of a big story that God is telling. And we keep reminding people about this, that this is not, hasn't taken God by surprise. And, and you need to know this, friends, is that we are still as much part of the story that God is telling, a story that began in a garden with human beings um, declaring and acting uh, independent from God, falling from grace from God, and moving away from God, to God restoring human beings back to their place with Him, back into their relationship with each other, back into their place with creation, and restoring them using Israel 
Jesus coming and Jesus the king is back on his throne. He is in authority. He is in charge. He is bigger than anything. His name is stronger. His name is more powerful than anything that is out there. And actually he has endowed us. He's given us a job as the church, as the people of God, as followers of Jesus to do something. He, he restores us. He, he comes and refurbishes us. And then he sets us on a task to say, now you go and be restorers and you go and be refurbishers of this creation. And we have the incredible expectation of his return whenever that is to know that when he returns, everything will be made new. Every no tears, no pain, no COVID, no death, no disease, nothing. It all becomes renewed as to what it was intended in the beginning in the garden before man decided to rebel from God. So that is the story we're in, and we're in this middle, we're in a little dot in that story of history, and we have got our part to play. Let's play our part well so that the next generation doesn't suffer from a bad spiritual uh, life or a bad uh, a physical life because of the part that we didn't play well. We've got generations to think of. We've got our children to think of. Let's, let's remember we are part of a God story. God's story is still being played out. It hasn't all of a sudden become a human story. It hasn't. COVID story is not the biggest story on earth at the moment. The kingdom of God and Jesus is still the biggest story on earth at the moment. But there's this challenge of COVID that is standing between us and the kingdom coming because it's not the kingdom coming COVID. That is evil coming in some form, in some manner. It is not the will of God for COVID to be. It's not the kingdom of God. And we've got to make sure that we can see the kingdom of God through whatever circumstances we are seeing. I want to remind you of this. There's four things I want to remind you, and I'm saying I want to remind you, and this is, I've said here, remember this. Remember faith produces grace. I, I, I preached on this uh, um, last year out of Romans chapter 5, verse 2. This is an absolutely key thing for us to take on board. Faith produces grace. The reason why we don't have grace for a season is because we've lost our faith. Faith in God, a resilient trust in what Jesus has put in place, what God has for us, the story is telling the purpose and the destiny that he has for us. Faith in that releases grace for us to get through the time we have now. We need dollops of grace, friends, for each other. We need dollops of grace for the government. We need dollops of, of grace for leaders. We need dollops of grace for our employers. We need dollops of grace for us and our own reality and where we're at and what we're doing. We need grace. We need the empowering of God. We need the, the supernatural empowering of God. We need, we need this ability to know that we are loved by God, that we're at peace with God. And because of that, that faith releases a grace for the season. And if you're lacking grace... Remember, the source of grace is faith. We access grace by faith. And so what I want to remind us this morning is four things that, will, that I want to put that are faith building so that we can have the grace to live through the season that we're in now. And I trust that you will be blessed and be built by it. The first thing I want to remind us of is this, is that we have got to remember what we have in Jesus and what you are called to in Jesus. Friends, this season is about Jesus. If we take our eyes off of the finished work of Jesus and the continuing work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, we will, we will, we will not have the grace to get through this time. We've got to keep our eyes fixed on Him. 
and what he has for us. And so what I want to do, I did a, I did a preach on, uh, out of Isaiah chapter 6 uh, in uh, at 61 in, on the 3rd of, of January. I'd, I'd love you to go and listen to that, not because it's really a good preach, but because I think the content of that will be helpful to what God has for us. But I want to have a look at Isaiah 61 in terms of what Jesus has done and what God's called us to as my, as my first point. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out of the message version just because I love the word and the poetic words that he uses and I'll kind of refer back between the message and the NIV as we go along. But this is what it says, Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 7 out of the message. It says this, The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because he's anointed me. So this is the anointed one speaking. This is Jesus speaking. So for us in the New Testament, we know that this is Jesus speaking. In fact, Jesus speaks these words over his life in Luke chapter 4 as he begins to preach in the synagogue. So this Jesus identifies with this text. And he says this, The Spirit of God is on me because he's anointed me. Know this, Jesus has been anointed, gifted, and empowered to do a job that none of us can do. Only he can do. And what he does at, in, in his ascension is that he delegates that authority to the church, which is you and me, to go and get on with the job. And he says this. He says, he has sent me, God, the Father has sent me to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, to announce freedom to all captives and pardon all prisoners. God has sent me. Remember this. God has sent Jesus to do this. This is what the point of Jesus coming. This is what, this is what he was called to do. God sent me to announce the year of his grace. The NIV says the year of the Lord's favor. Do you know that God was sent, Jesus was sent to announce a year of God's favor and grace over the people that would put his trust in him? So if you take your eyes off of Jesus, what happens is, and we start wondering why we haven't lost, why we haven't got grace for the season, is because he is the one that announced grace and a year of favor. It was a year of favor. It was, a, it was the jubilee year. It was the time when all debts were canceled. It was a time when you, there was never going to be generational poverty because it would all be reset every 50 years. It would be reset. And this is a reset moment. Friends, let God, let God reset us in our spiritual walk with him and, and let us experience at a level like we've never seen before the, a relationship with God and a grace from God that he has come to announce and to give us. So he says, God sent me to announce the year of his grace a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies. God, Jesus was sent to overcome our enemies, death, disease, sickness, and everything else in between. That was what Jesus came to do. It's an amazing thing that Jesus came. And he's going to come again. And when he comes again, everything will be renewed in perfection according to this text of which he speaks about. So God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of his enemies, and to comfort all who mourn. Jesus came to comfort people who are mourning. If you are mourning from a loss of a loved one, if you are mourning from a loss of a business, if you are mourning from some calamity that has come at you over this time, Jesus is there to comfort you. The comfort of Jesus is upon us. What we've got to do is become aware of him 
and trust Him for that. Have faith that He will do that. In verse 3 it says this. So this is Jesus' ascent. Jesus has come to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion. To care for the needs. Jesus has come to care for our needs in this time of mourning and grieving and loss and calamity. Man, we've got to believe that. We've got to have a hope that transcends what we can see and understand here. We've got to be locked into a hope that is beyond us. We've got to be locked into a hope that is more powerful than COVID. We've got to be, if you've got no hope, if, 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 if COVID is it, friends, what hope have we got? We've got to know this. We are not helpless. We have a Christ who is sent to provide for the needs and to, for those that are mourning. I want to remind us of this. This is what we have in him. He goes on to say, remember Jesus has come to do this, to care for the needs of all those who mourn in Zion and to give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes. How's that? He, he, he's come to give us roses instead of ashes. Ashes is a sign of mourning. Put ashes on your head. You're, you're mourning. He says, I want to change your mourning into bouquets of roses. In the NIV, it talks about a crown of beauty. He wants to give us a crown. So what I've got here is I've got some flowers. They're not roses because we couldn't find them, but a beautiful bunch of flowers. Friends, Jesus has come to give us this instead of ash. I want to remind us, I want to put a picture on our mind that when we're feeling like we're not going to get through this, that we lift our heads and start to smell the roses of Christ. Because it says that's what he's come to do. That's what he's come to put in place for us. That's what that's what's available to us. He goes on to say, he gives them a bouquet of roses instead of ashes and a message of joy instead of, a new, instead of news of do, a doom. A message of joy instead of news of doom. And the NIV talks about an oil of joy. And in Isaiah 45, it talks about the king being anointed with the oil of joy, which separates him from his, from his compatriots, from the people that are his companions that are around him, because he has this oil of joy. He has this life from God. He has this message of joy. He has this life. He is not overwhelmed by news of doom. He's not overwhelmed by a negative um, a news flash. He's actually overwhelmed by an oil of joy. And what I have here is I've got a bottle of olive oil. I've got a bottle of olive oil. And I'm even going to pour some out onto the carpet. We've got to remember, friends, we've got to remember this, is that we have roses on our heads, not ashes, and we've got an oil. We've got an oil of joy, a life of God that's been poured over our lives. Oh, I don't want to get it on my foot. Um, we've got an oil of joy so that we can overcome the news of doom. This is what Jesus has given to us. We've got to remember what, he, what we have in him. And we've got to really believe, start to put our faith out for what God has for us. He goes on to say, I've given you a praising heart, not a languid spirit. I didn't know what languid is, and Paul Spooner looked it up for me. Languid is that feeling that a woman has after she's given childbirth. Finished. You're done. And he says, I've given you a praising heart. The NIV says, I've given you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Friends, many people at this time, and I don't know, even coming back from, from, from leave, I felt that thing of a languid spirit coming on me. Like a, it's like a... It's like a failing spirit. It's like you, your spirit's not up. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a garment of praise. 
The best garment I could find was this blanket because the garment there is something that covers all of you, your whole body. It's like you've been given this mantle of praise. You've been given a mantle of praise instead of a languid spirit. Instead of This is what we have in Jesus. And I can't hype that up for you and I can't give it to you. Only he can give it to you. And what I want to do is I, I want to remind us this is what we have. Let's not forget that's what we have. It is a name that is above all names. It's a name that is more powerful. It's more comforting. And his very heart, friends, we've got to know this, is that right now Jesus is wanting to comfort people if they will come to him. He is wanting to comfort us. He is wanting to provide for our needs. He is wanting to give us roses. He wants to give us the oil of gladness or the oil of joy. He wants to give us this, this garment of praise instead of, a, instead of a weak spirit. That's what he wants to do. Let's remind, remember, that's what Jesus has got for us. He then moves on to say, and he transitions in Isaiah 61, from this is what I'm going to do for you to this is what I'm going to make you into, and this is what I'm going to call you to do. He says this, I will rename them Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord, a display for His glory. I mixed up the NIV and the, and the message there. God is making us friends. Because we have all of this, because we can access all of this that Jesus has given us, we become oaks of righteousness. And one of the commentators says, said this, an oak, it's not so much the type of tree, it's the significance, it's the largeness, it's the prominence of the tree. So he's saying, church, what I want you to do, I want you to be prominent people of righteousness, displaying of my splendor, my planting. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do this. I'll plant you. You don't plant yourself. A display for my name, a display for my glory a display for my splendor. I want people to know how good I am through what I do for you. Friends, we've got to have faith that God wants to do that so that we can start to receive the grace of all those things that we can access in Christ. He then goes on to say, they will rebuild old ruins. They'll become rebuilders. Raise up new cities out of the wreckage. Rebuilders, restorers, the NIV says, and renewers. They will start over on the, on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind, and make it new. If you feel like your life is rubble at the moment, I want to say to you there's a newness in God that God, Jesus wants to give you, and what he does in you, you're going to give to others. You see, Jesus comes, we can't become rebuilders, renewers, and restorers until we let the work that Jesus has come to do in us do the work. Unless we can let, him become, let ourselves become an oak of righteousness and become a planting of the Lord, that's what enables us to be these rebuilders and renewers with vision, with purpose, with hope, not helpless, but full of hope, full of joy, beauty, ashes with instead of ashes roses all these sorts of things that's what god wants us to do and god has called people to be in the healthcare sector and god's people called people to be in the financial sector because there's ruins that need to be rebuilt in the financial sector there's ruins that need to be rebuilt in the academic sector mark williams is standing with me here there's, 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 I could just think of the people in this room. There's, there's Taryn and there's uh, Lungelo at, at We Friends and Glenda. God wants, there's ruins to be rebuilt in the education sector. 
And get, friends, God wants the church to be in those places. But we can only be those people if we can receive what we have in Christ in those first few verses and stand as oaks of righteousness. Have faith for what God has for us. Because, friends, if we do, it will release a grace over our lives that is absolutely profound. And I want to, I want to make sure that we trust God for that. It goes on in, in Isaiah 61. It says, but you will be, have the title of priests of God, honored as ministers of God. Friends, I, I, I must I tell you if there's two truths, if there's a truth that the church needs to understand at this time is that you're a priest of God and you're a minister of God. The person that stands in the front is not the priest. The person that sits up behind the camera is not the only minister. We are all priests and ministers. We are all oaks of righteousness. We are all rebuilders, restorers, and renewers. We are all disciples of Jesus. We can all hear the voice of God. We all carry the authority of Christ. We all called to go and do what we called to do. If we can get that at this time, friends, you don't need somebody to tell you that you're a home group leader to get together with people and connect with them. If you're a rebuilder, restorer, and you're a renewer, that's what you do by nature. You don't need somebody to get together with to tell you to get onto the prayer with a group of friends and do a prayer walk in a safe place. You will by nature know that I'm a rebuilder, restorer, and renewer, and actually we're going to begin to do this by prayer. Friends, we don't need people to tell us what to do. We need Jesus to tell us what to do. And my job is to remind you what to do and to tell you that you are a priest and a minister of God. Priest takes people to Jesus. Can I say to you, if you are not going to Jesus, you are not going to be able to take people to Jesus. We've got to get with Jesus and become vessels. We've got to become agents of the kingdom that take people to Jesus. And we've got to become ministers, those that give their lives away, that serve others. That's what... First point, I want to remind you, remember what, God, what Jesus has done for you and remember who you are and what you call to in him. My second point that I want to remind you of is, comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. I preached on this at, towards the end of last year, uh, end of 2019, in fact. And I want to remind you of this, friends. It's not, a, it's not a sexy scripture. It's not a scripture that you want to hear, but it's a scripture that we need to hear because if we want to understand and we want to make, kind of try and make sense of the time we're in and get through this time that we're in. I want to remind you of this. I will remind you of the word of encouragement that is given to sons and daughters. This is not given to orphans. This is given to sons and daughters. If you're a son or daughter, I want to remind you of this word. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. The Hebrew people writing to the book of Hebrews, writing to the people, they're under pressure, they're under stress, they are being persecuted. It's hectic. It's probably worse than what we're going through now by a long shot. And he says this in verse 5. He says, And have you forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, stroke daughters? Have you forgotten? And this is what he goes on to say, friends. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those who he loves. Do you get that? Verse 7, he goes on to say, endure hardship as discipline. Now, what I want us to remember is discipline in this context is not punishment. Discipline in this context is what an athlete does to get better at what they're called to do. 
This discipline is training. Endure all hardship as a training exercise. I want to remind you, friends, if we take this season on as a training exercise, rather than thinking that God is punishing us, rather than thinking that I'm a victim, no, I'm in training. God has given me a personal trainer. His name is the Holy Spirit and the others around me. And it, he goes on to say that if we can change our view of this, if we can remind ourselves that sons and daughters will go through hard times and that this is a training exercise and we see COVID as training as sons and daughters for something bigger. We're going to have to get through so many obstacles in this time, friends, but it can either make us stronger or it can make us a victim. We are not victims. We are sons and daughters in God. I want to remind you of this fact. He goes on to say, remember that all hardship is training. He goes on to say, no training is pleasant but at the time but painful. I want to remind you, training is not pleasant. It is painful. It is difficult. It is what sons and daughters go through. Don't be surprised. Use it to your advantage. We have a comfort. Remember what we have in Jesus? That's why you need to know what we have. Because when we get this, we man, we get that, that's... Those things that Jesus has given to us get solidified into our lives. It gets put embedded. It gets imprinted into our lives. And it, like, that we'll never forget it again in times like this. It goes on to say, it's not pleasant. It is painful. But, he goes on to say, it produces a harvest of, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those that have been through the process. It produces a, want to be an oak of righteousness? This process of difficulty, not punishment, but training, see it as training, change our view as training will bring us, produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. Man, don't you want peace? You know you need peace to sleep. We're not sleeping because we haven't got peace. If we haven't got peace, we need training. Friends, we need, we need something in God that's deeper than what we had before. And I want to tell you, we've got it in Christ. It's available to us. It's given to us. We don't have to pay for it. All we have to do is receive it and walk in it. We are going through a, a shaking and a sifting process. If we can change our view and see that God is not against us, actually in this process, God's going to protect us. God's going to provide for us. And God's going to train us so that we can become these oaks of righteousness that he promises us to be. Remember the word of encouragement. Don't forget the word of encouragement to sons and daughters from Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. My third point is this. Remember that faith and patience are key to inheriting anything. Remember faith and patience are key to inheriting anything. I remind you of the scripture, Hebrews chapter 6. In fact, I preached about this in our faith series. He says this, we want each of you to show, this is verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 6, we want each of you to show the same diligence as these guys that have gone before to the very end, the same diligence. Friends, the part of the reason why we're getting a languid spirit or a weak spirit is that we're not being diligent with our walk with God. I don't like Zoom, I don't, I'm screened out. Friends, I want to tell you, I was on the, I was in the, I, I was leading, I was kind of hosting the, the Zoom prayer meeting on Thursday. And if I'm totally honest, I don't like screens. I can't wait for us to get back. And I kind of trying to get back into this. I'm trying to 
Man, when I saw people's faces, when I saw people's names, you don't know what that, did, that prayer meeting did for me. It was like God was leading me. God was showing me. There was 35 screens on there. Friends, we should have 100 screens on there of people. You don't even have to say anything. Just be encouraged by the prayers of the saints, friends. I want to encourage you, get there, 7 o'clock on a Thursday and pray. Friends, get there on a, on a Sunday morning with Taryn and the crew at Albert Lutuli and pray. Don't, don't, don't be diligent with your spiritual walk. Are you being diligent with your, with your earning, with your career? Is that more important than your spiritual walk? I want to say it's not. Be diligent with your faith. Be diligent with cultivating your spiritual walk because it impacts all of your life and will make you a better worker and employer and employee. He says, I want you to show the same diligence to the very end. In order to make your hope sure, we want you, we don't want you to become lazy. Friends, we cannot afford to become lazy Christians. And I'm talking about our walk with God. I'm not even talking about doing stuff for people. I'm talking about our, our walk with Jesus. Are we praying with? Are we spending time with Jesus? If we are not, friends, we, become, we, become, we get a languid spirit and we lose our spirit of praise, our garment of praise. That's why I'm wearing this. I want a garment of praise, Lord. And even when I don't feel like it, I put the garment on. Because eventually you do. It's like you begin to shape yourself. He says, I don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Through faith and patience. I want to remind you, it's through faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. Be patient. Be patient. Don't rush. This season is going to be a season. I don't know how long it's going to be. Nobody does. But I know this. We've got to be patient to get through it. And we've got to have faith to get through it. And if we want what God has for us, we've got to be patient and we've got to have faith. You can't drum up faith, friends. You can't switch on faith. Faith is a muscle that needs to be exercised. It's a, it's a muscle that we need to walk on, walk with God. And it's not easy when you first start exercising. When you first start exercising, you are sore, you are stiff, you are, it's, and, but eventually you're not stiff anymore. And eventually, actually, you love exercising. It becomes, faith is like that. It's like you've got to exercise it. It's a, it's a relational thing. So you've got to build it. You've got to cultivate it. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. And lastly, I've got two minutes. I want to remind you of this, to stay connected with people that are going to build your faith. Friends, this is not an optional extra for the Christian. And I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 10. It's amazing all of these things come out of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us consider how we can spur one another on, goad one another on, irritate one another on. That's what that word actually means. It's like... It's like irritate people. We need the irritate, irritants of our friends at this time to keep us in Christ. Friends, it's, 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 it's the, these things are put in place to, so that we remember that we are not the center of the universe and we need others. We can't do this on our own. It's not a weak faith to want to be with people to encourage us. It's part of the design of God to have a family of faith that encourages one another, that holds each other, that moves each other forward so that the whole family gets there, not just you. It's part of the plan of God. He says, consider how you may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. 
as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another daily and all the more as you see the day approaching. Friends, in the midst of a pa pandemic where we're not allowed being in a building together with lots of people, we can't stop being, meeting with one another. We can't stop being with one another. We can't stop encouraging one another. We can't stop spurring one another on. You notice there's spurring, which is like goading, irritating, but then there's also encouraging, putting courage into one another. Friends, part of, I want to remind you, get connected. Get connected. Stay connected. Don't dial out of Sundays. Friends, you can get the best preach in the world anywhere at the click of a button. But that's not your family, this is. They're not your pastors, we are. This is not the people that they're not going to take care of you. We, the, the people around you, your home group leaders and those around you are. Stay connected on a Sunday. Stay connected on a Thursday. Stay connected to people. Go for a walk. Be creative. You can meet in a restaurant. You can meet in a casino. You can meet, you can meet everywhere. You can meet... You can meet um, on beachfront walks, you, let's get creative. Don't meet in big crowds. That would be silly. That would be breaking the law. Be safe. Keep your mask on. Keep your distance. And go for a walk. Encourage one another. Speak life over one another. Friends, I want to remind you, you need people to stay connected. Pray at Albert Lutuli. Pray on a Thursday. Friends, I want to remind you of these four things. One, remember what Jesus has done for you, what he's made you into, and what he's called you to. Remember, friends, that there's a word of encouragement to sons and daughters that you to treat hardship as a training exercise. And don't be surprised by it. Flip it. Change it around. Change it around in your mind. And let's get through this. I want to remind you thirdly that it takes faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. And faith is built from an, from an active faith, not from a passive faith, from a, not from a lazy faith, but a diligent faith. Faith and patience. Be patient. Patience. Allow God to do what he needs to do. And fourthly, remember to stay connected. And let's not forsake the gathering. Let's stop not give up meeting together. We've got to do it differently, but let's do it. I trust that that encourages you. I, I, I speak like this, like I'm speaking to my children, um, like a father. I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to encourage us at this time. And uh, I trust that God speaks to you. I trust that God works in you. And Father, I pray that your hand, that your life, that your goodness would be on every single person in our community, in the city, in our nation, in the nations of the world. That Father, your comforting presence would be there. That Father, your, 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 your need-providing uh, need care would be upon those that are there. That you would set, that you would proclaim freedom, that you would proclaim release, Lord God. That you'd proclaim the good news to, to everybody and every, anybody, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we would become the oaks of righteousness, a planting of you for the sake of your glory as you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Bless you and trust that we'll see you on Thursday on the Zoom prayer. Bless you and have a great day.